Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We have been avoiding this topic for two hours. We can avoid it no longer. Paulie refers to it as the elephant in the room. We'll get to that coming up. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app. Sign up for the newsletter. Nearly 100,000 of you have signed up at danpatrick.com. Good morning to our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. And uh, poll question for the final hour. We'll recap what we had for hour two. The college football rankings, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, and Alabama. I guess if you're looking at scenarios here, Oregon is a 10-point favorite now over Washington. Washington beat Oregon earlier in the year. That's on a neutral field in Las Vegas. You have Michigan against Iowa, neutral field, and the over-under is 35-and-a-half. And the only thing that's interesting here is, according to DraftKings, Iowa's point total in the first half is listed at 0.5. Their point total for the second half, the over-under, is 0.5. Just some of the interesting numbers there. Also, in the NFL, the Eagles, best team in football, home dog against the San Francisco 49ers. Stat of the day brought to you, as always, by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Tiger Woods is back. The Hero World Challenge that starts tomorrow at 1.30 Eastern on Golf Channel and Peacock in the Bahamas. And he's talked about playing a little bit more, but at age 47, Why? Another surgery, came back from that, ankle surgery. But uh, I don't know if it's about majors. I don't know if it's just that competition. You can never, ever replicate that competitiveness that you're going to have. All of these great athletes, when they retire, that's what they miss. They miss that. But you don't get it. You can try to get it. I always thought that Pete Rose tried to get that feeling back, the juice, by gambling. Uh, Michael Jordan playing golf with a lot of money at stake, or at least a lot of money to those he's playing against. So I don't know. Tiger wanting that competition, needing that competition. Uh, you know, what's he want to do? Can he be an ambassador, a spokesperson for the tour? I don't think he knows what the tour is going to be. I think that there's complications there 
Are they going to lose John Rahm to the Live Tour? What's golf going to look like? And is Tiger going to be involved in that? So he's going to play a little bit more, and which is always a benefit for us and certainly the TV networks. But maybe it's to try to play in the majors, get another Masters something in there. But uh, other than that, he's got everything he needs. But that's that one thing, that competitive juice that you miss. And I think that's the curious part. Yes, Marv. Do you think viewers, I think I'm in that category, that's somebody, uh, he's in the Mike Tyson vein of no matter what, you're going to watch. Okay. Because you remember the dominance at one point, you're like, he can turn it back on. Yeah. Or there's a chance he could turn it back on. Yeah, I guess there's always the possibility with Tiger. That maybe, and, and really, I think, and I've said this before, trying to put together four really good rounds of golf is hard. And then to do that with all the health issues that he's had. I mean, nobody is facing those odds, but then nobody has the talent that Tiger has. And some of these courses, like Augusta, that's knowledge. So much of Augusta is knowledge. And Tiger has performed well there. Those who get it, keep it, and are always competitive there. Certain guys are on the leaderboard, and they might be 55 or 60 years of age. They understand how to play that course. And that local knowledge is extremely important. Once you understand where to hit it, where not to hit it, and read the greens, you can, you can do well at Augusta. Yes, Mark. When he turned pro, was this always the expectation for him to be one of the, if not the greatest golfer, one of the three or four greatest golfers ever? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, I mean, he really announced his coming out party. It's like, hello world. Like he was saying, here I am. I don't think he ever wavered on his confidence. I think he was like, I... I know I'm great. You're going to find out I'm great. And then he proved to be, I think, even greater than what we thought he was going to be. Now, the off-the-course issues certainly impacted him. Uh, you know, health issues. We wondered about his swing. I remember talking to Freddie Couples, you know, when Tiger was coming out, and I go, can, can that body withstand that swing? And he goes, no, can't. And you look at Freddie. Freddie has back trouble, and nobody has a more... Well, maybe Ernie else, but, you know, a fluid swing. Tiger was violent. Tyler, uh, Ty, Tyler, Tiger was violent, his swing. And uh, golf was, I mean, Jack Nicklaus, if you look at Jack when he first came up, he went after it big time. Uh, but Tiger trying to do that, um, and, and he made golf athletic. I think you looked at it differently. It used to be your dad's sport. Yeah, you know, these guys are out of shape. You saw Tiger, and you're like, okay. He's got you know, tight shirts on. Uh, he's ripping it. He's looking good out there. And golf became cooler for younger players, certainly for minorities, where they're like, all right, you know, those golf shoes are still funky, but you know what? I can get by with that. I'm not wearing plaid. All right, maybe you can you know, go out there and spice it up a little bit. All right, see, what's the poll question for the final hour? Dan, we put up there last hour a uh, Mark Cuban-related poll question. Uh, Mark Cuban is running for office, cashing in, or both. <laughs> right now, it is split, basically, uh, like 43-43 between cashing in and both running for office and cashing in. There's no doubt he's cashing in. He's cashing a massive check. Yes. But people are split on maybe he's running for office. I don't think his family is going to let him, and he said this, that they're not going to let him run for office. Yeah, he said as much like, this, like no, yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely not doing that. So what's the poll question uh, for the final hour? It's you, fun to kick that You got one? Bit. 
Uh, yeah, we have another one here. Uh, should the Heisman be voted upon before or after the college football playoffs? Okay. I would say mm-hmm. after the playoffs. If if you've led your team that far and do something where you're going to be competing for a championship. Now, I have to look at the field here. Is there somebody who could be in the Final Four who could steal the Heisman from Jaden Daniels who's not going to be playing in the playoffs? He gets a bowl game, but that's not the same as playing for a championship. Can Bo Nix win the Heisman if Oregon is going to be in the Final Four, if Oregon wins a game, if Oregon wins the national title? But I think I have to have my vote in by next Monday. Is that right, Pauline? Yeah, Heisman voting has always been before the bowl season, historically. Yes, okay. It's actually open now, and which is weird. They should not open it before the conference title games. But um, if you look at next year, like you could say the Final Four, there's every, a guy may get two extra games. Next year, it's more than that. And they could go on some monstrous run. With the new format next year, should the Heisman Trophy consider opening up voting the day after the national title game? Or would it be too heavy loaded towards the playoff performances? Well, do you want, is it usually the best player on the best team who's going to be up there for the Heisman Trophy? So you're probably going to be playing in, I mean, when's the last time you had somebody who played on a team that had, you know, three or four losses? Uh, I would say uh, Robert Griffin III with Baylor. He made them relevant, but they were not in the national title picture. But he rose them up enough, and he was so great that he got the Heisman. Yeah, normally you're going to play for, you know, you're playing for a team that's going to be playing for a championship, conference championship. Maybe you're in the Final Four. Next year, you're going to be in the uh, you know, Final 12. Yes, Mark. I think Lamar also. But I think uh, Vince Young would have had the Heisman if we would have voted after the National Championship yeah. game. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm sure there's a couple of those instances where it's like, all right, Tommy Frazier, this Heisman's yours. <clears throat> um. All right, so <laughs> you know, if Vince Young would have got the Heisman that year, it would have solved a lot of mess going forward. If you know what I mean, with the Reggie Bush. Oh, Reggie Bush. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, the uh, elephant in the room, the Hall of Fame semifinalist, Eric Allen, Jared Allen, no relation, Willie Anderson, Tiki Barber. That's the elephant in the room. We've been saying for a long time. Is Tiki Barber a Hall of Famer? Nobody is a bigger proponent of Tiki Barber being in the Hall of Fame, including Tiki Barber, <laughs> than Paulie. I'm not even a Tiki Barber fan. Like, I don't know him really well. Uh, I'm not a Giants fan anyway. But it's weird that when his name was put up on the Giants posters, congratulations, Tiki, for making the finalists. A lot of people are like, no, him? No way. Not a chance. He's not even really that close. The, the, he has very, um, he's a very polarizing person. I don't think people like him. Well, that shouldn't factor in. Right. It shouldn't factor in. But his career, if, if you look at his last seven years, is unbelievable. I think what, But my, he retired, then they won the Super Bowl. True. But it, it's an individual award. Here's the thing. I think Tiki Barber suffers from a couple things. He started his career as like a third down back out of Virginia, not very famous, even though he played in New York. Mm. He eased into his career. He was not the starting running back until his fourth year in the league. But his last five years are as good as any running back's five years, including like his best five years are way better than Terrell Davis's best five years, noticeably. But Terrell Davis won a Super Bowl, was sure. an MVP, had you know two thousand yards. Yeah, well, um, like there there have been seven running backs in NFL history with ten thousand yards plus and five hundred plus receptions. 
Tiki's one of them. There have been three running backs in history with 2,000 yards or more in a season. Scrimmage yards, three or more times. Tiki's one of them. Uh, London Fletcher, linebacker, Dwight Freeney, Antonio Gates, Eddie George, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Robert Mathis, Julius Peppers, Steve Smith Sr., Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, Ricky Waters, who I've been saying for over a decade is a Hall of Famer. He was the first running back who was 10,000 yards and, what, 500 catches? Ricky Waters, if if you're going to put in Tiki Barber, Ricky Waters was the precursor to all of these running backs. Yeah, Fred Taylor and Tiki and uh, um, Ricky Waters are right in that mix with yardage and reception. Reggie Wayne is in there, Vince Warfolk, uh, Will Fork, uh, Patrick Willis, and uh, Darren Woodson. You know, you can go through this list and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know what the voters are looking at where you go, okay, that stands out, that guy's a Hall of Famer. That guy, something different. Like if he's, I could go down the list here and just go, all right, is Eric Allen a Hall of Famer? Feels like it. Is Jared Allen a Hall of Famer? Feels like it. Uh, Willie Anderson was with the Bengals Ravens tackle. Not quite sure. Tiki Barber, sure. Anquan Bolden, sure. London Fletcher, sure. Dwight Freeney, yeah. Antonio Gates, sure. Uh, Eddie George, maybe. James Harrison, sure. Rodney Harrison, yes. Devin Hester, yes. Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, yeah, yeah. Robert Mathis. Like, you can just keep going and you can say yes. It's just, what are they looking at that is going to differentiate themselves from, from each other? Yes, Eaton. See, I almost feel like you did it right there. Because this is, without a doubt, the most complete haul of very great list. Mm-hmm. But then how do you separate the Hall of Famers out? And you, you, I think you almost subconsciously did it there because there were some people that you said yes and a bunch of other people that you were like, sure. Yeah. Like, is he a Hall of Famer? Sure. Is he? Yes. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yes. Sure. You know, it, but the list, it's all great players. Like, I love uh, Anquan Bolden. He yeah. was one of my favorite wide receivers to watch. That dude was an absolute boss. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer, though. But, man, was he a great wide receiver. Well, I could see all of these guys being Hall of Famers. But I don't know what the voters are going to look at. Like Heinz Ward, he was a hall, he's a Hall of Famer to me. Uh, Ricky Waters, just because of his versatility. Uh, Reggie Wayne felt like he was always kind of lost in the shadow of you know Marvin Harrison. Vince Wilfork, I mean, he was a beast up there. Patrick Willis, I think Patrick Willis is going to get in the Hall of Fame. That's wild. He was great for the Niners. Darren Woodson with the Cowboys. You know, he's been close a couple times. Um, London Fletcher feels like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Jared Allen, how many sacks did he have? You have 130 or something like that? Yeah, Paul. Like a guy like Torrey Holt. Like, oh, yeah, he was a really good receiver. If you don't look at his stats, you don't realize he was beyond a really good receiver. He had better numbers than Calvin Johnson, who went in the Hall of Fame. Torrey Holt had 90-plus catches five times. Calvin Johnson did that twice. And, you know, seven Pro Bowls to five. But Calvin Johnson goes right in, and Torrey Holt has to wait. Yeah, but it felt like whoever played wide receiver for you know that the Rams they were going to put up big numbers. Well, he was one of the consistents there when Kurt Warner was going up and down, up and down. Well, Kurt Warner didn't go up and down with the Rams. He yeah. went up and down after the Rams with the Giants, mm-hmm. and then when he got to Arizona, yes, Marv. 
do you think Reggie Wayne is going to have that exact same issue? Yeah. Because the double coverage was always going yes. to Marvin. Yes. You know, Reggie was over there dominating yes. on the other side. Yes. Yes. Like, I don't know if you geared up for Reggie Wayne. Now, if I'm going to just be honest with this, and I don't know Reggie Wayne, but if I go, who did I game plan for? Out of all of these players where you go, okay, got to stop that guy. Jared Allen, you had to stop him. Um, Dwight Freeney felt like you had to stop him. Antonio Gates. Um, Devin Hester. You want to put them all in, right? You have that, like, why not just put them all in? They're all in that similar category. I know, I know, I know. That's why it's a thankless job to vote. I mean, I'm lucky I get to vote. I got to vote on NBA awards. I've gotten to vote for the Heisman. But, you know, this is is somebody, the rest of their lives, you're voting on this. You're going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just voting, you know, the, the Heisman's a big deal, but there's so many people voting on that. It's a really small room voting for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I just, I don't envy them. It sounds like, man, you get to change somebody's life. Yeah, you can change it in a negative way, too. Yeah, Mark. I feel like Dwight Freeney would be one of those guys that could really use a letter from Tom Brady. (laughs) Like Jason Taylor got. Jason Taylor got that. Because, look, Tom Brady, I'm sure, was looking over his shoulder for number 93 when the Colts and the Patriots were going at in the playoffs all those years. That's a good point. Yeah. that's. What did Jared Allen end up with? How many sacks? They have 140, something crazy like that. Uh, Antonio Gates, even with the uh, suspension for PEDs. Um, Jared Allen, how many, uh, Marv? 136. Okay. And I don't know what Gates was popped for. Was it just PEDs, four games that he was suspended for? Rodney Harrison was suspended for PEDs. I don't know if that matters. It's almost like with football, we're like, yeah, I get it. You know, <laughs> you're playing that sport, you know, HGH, PEDs. Yes, yes. Do you think it's more likely uh, that, you know, like it, it, with this list, it's tough, like we're saying, the tough to tell the Hall of Famers from the really close guys. Do you yeah. think that's going to happen more and more as years go on? Yeah. Just partially because of the era that everybody played in? Like, Well, there's going to be more sacks. There's going to be more receptions, yeah. more passing yards, more mm-hmm. touchdowns. Running back is going to be hard. Running back, that is going to be like, like is Christian McCaffrey going to be a Hall of Famer? Is Derrick Henry going to be a Hall of Famer? Who else would be on that list where you go, that running back is going to be a Hall of Famer? Marv? I think the only guy right now that's a surefire Hall of Famer is Adrian Peterson. Yeah. That hasn't, that's not in yet. Yes. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yes, Tom. I know Dion a while back had said about, you know, it's getting a little too easy for everybody to get in. Do you think the average Hall of Famer, how much they follow this or care or get upset if someone gets in, it somehow takes away the specialness of their being in the Hall of Fame, that someone that's a borderline Hall of Famer gets in? Uh, I just think if you, you get in, you it, I mean, so what? I mean, I understood what Dion was saying, and I do think it, if you get in first ballot, there should be something that's special about you being in the Hall of Fame. It's not a negative to everybody else. You got in first ballot. You want to give them a special floor at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I'm all for that. You want to give them a different color jacket when they're up there? I'd be all for that. Because you want people to talk and go, oh, my God, first ballot Hall of Famer. That is something special. And I have no problem with what Dion was saying about that. And then if you want to have everybody else have their own floor, great. 
But first ballot Hall of Famer, you should be singled out. No problem with that. All right, more phone calls coming up. We'll take a break. We're back after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dynasty the King. King. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we'll get some phone calls in here. 
I think everybody's got an opinion on this. And, and Seton may have stumbled upon something where I'm going through that list and I could see everybody as a Hall of Famer. But it usually, it feels like the litmus test is if I say your name and I say Hall of Famer or not. And if you pause, then not a Hall of Famer. And so it's tricky when I look at this Hall of Fame list. Having seen these players, covered a lot of these players, you can make a case for them. But when it comes down to yes or no, is that a Hall of Famer or not? And I don't know if that's what the voters have to go through. Because what happens when you get in that room, at least what I'm told is, you'll have people who speak on behalf of somebody. And then people may refute what you're saying. Or they may have a contrarian opinion. And, you know, might be Tom Brady wrote a letter talking about Jason Taylor. Like, what more acknowledgement do you need? Like, um, who's backing up Jason Taylor? Uh, Tom Brady. I wonder if Tom Brady, how often he's done that. And is he going to do that for Dwight Freeney and or Robert Mathis? Uh, would he do it for Rodney Harrison, his former teammate? Rodney won three Super Bowls. Rodney and Ray Lewis, I think, are the only two players with at least 30 interceptions and 30 sacks in their career. And Rodney was great. I don't know if he was great for a long enough time, but he was great. And I think when you start to look like Antonio Gates, Hall of Famer. Yeah, Paul. So Rodney Harrison, let's compare him. He was in three Pro Bowls. His regular season resume would not get him in with three Pro Bowls. And, but he was a major playoff player, played in big games, and was a very impactful player. Andre Johnson, the wide receiver for Houston. The fact that I have to say the wide receiver from Houston, he was in like eight Pro Bowls. He had over 100 catches uh, five times. He was a regular season monster. He never got deep in the playoffs and played important football on the big stage. Yeah. How would you, let's say those two guys are on, your, on the table. It's, it's, your own, it's almost like your own personal rationale. Because Hall of Fame, Rodney Harrison's famous for his big plays in the postseason. Andre Johnson was a game changer. He just was changing games for a team that wasn't very good. Great player, crappy team. Yeah, yeah. And you get, you get dinged for that, it feels like. It's penalized for staying. Yeah, he, he played. He was great. It felt like he was 1,500 yards every year. But I, I feel like Andre Johnson and Anquan Bolden might have been the same receiver. Just felt like they were tough and they were going to get you 1,500 yards. But they weren't playing necessarily in meaningful games. Anquan Bolden was like a linebacker playing wide receiver. You know, like he felt like he would hit you just as hard with the ball in his hand <laughs> than if he didn't have it. Yeah. It felt like the defender was going to go, this is going to hurt. Oh, love that dude. Yeah, this is going to hurt. Yes, Marv. I feel like there needs, there needs to be special jackets for those guys that were Hall of Famers or really bad teams, like Joe Thomas and Cortez Kennedy. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if we need to do that. I, I don't know. If we, okay, I, it's, it's I, more I, impressive. For, to get into the Hall of Fame and be on bad teams your entire career is impressive. Joe Thomas, I think, is the leader of fewest wins or the lowest winning percentage <laughs> as a Hall of Famer. I think O.J. Simpson is up there, too. That's the wasn't-my-fault award. Yes, it's that guy's fault and that guy's fault. I did everything right. They didn't. And now this year's (laughs) wasn't-my-fault recipient goes Goes to to. (laughs) Andre Johnson. 
Yes, Todd. I know we know what Hall of Fame means and what it signifies, but if you take out the words Hall of Fame before you mention each of those players and say, does this person deserve to be in a statue in a museum of football immortality and make it a little more dramatic, <laughs> would that change the ideas of some of these players, which direction you'd vote for? No. It doesn't. No. To me, it does a little bit. It's like, Hall of Fame or not, or should this person be forever... You know, put into a museum with a bust. That's just, that sounds like, wait a second, before we say yes to that guy. Well, I, I don't know if it's a big commitment that you made a bust. You know, might might have cost a couple thousand dollars. It just sounds different to say football <laughs> immortality in a I mean, museum. We're, we're not putting your name on a building. It is like, oh, you're going to be in a museum and you're going to be, uh, you know, have a statue. How long have you been working on that question, by the way? It just came to me. It's like, you know, we, Hall of Fame is just like the word nice. It's just a, it's a word we've, <laughs> we know, we say all over and over again. But if you say the words of what Hall of Fame really means, I wonder if that changes your opinion of certain players. That's all. Okay. So uh, this year's potential recipients for having a statue in a museum are? A football immortality. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Paul. This is going to look great after this one. Uh, would you rather have a career like Darrell Rivas's, where you played for a few teams and you're going right to the Hall of Fame, or a guy who's like got a statue outside, but maybe not a Hall of Famer for one franchise, like a statue guy? Let's say. But who's got a statue outside a, a, a stadium? I'm trying to think of like someone who's a, just a a local team. He's an all time great, but you're not. In, but you're not a Hall of Famer. No, well, I don't know. If, did they put up statues of guys who aren't Hall of Famers? I don't know, a little, maybe a little Edelman statue, like, a little five meter. Like, like John Paxson doesn't have a statue. Oh, that's, a, that's an oversight, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if they put up statues of role players, guys who were really good. I don't, I don't think Statue-worthy, so. Statue-worthy, Yeah, I call that. Yeah. I hope Devin Hester gets in because Devin Hester was a game changer. Yes. And he's the last of his breed. Yes. Uh, that, that opportunity to... You know, punt return, kick return, a little bit of wide receiver. But he he was a guy you game plan for. And I don't know if that's, you know, maybe the language you use when it comes to, let me sort this out. Eddie George was a really good running back. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. James Harrison feels like a Hall of Famer. He does. Just his own teammates are scared of him. <laughs> that dude is definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, yes, Marvin. You're scared to not vote for James Harrison. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> no, 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 James, wasn't me. He walks into the voting room yeah. and runs for their lives. Yeah. It's funny that I have all the votes. I have enough votes, but I didn't get in. Everybody said they voted for me. Give me your vote. <laughs> <laughs> I and Ricky Waters. I I guess I understood his versatility. He played for the Niners. He played for the Eagles. Ended up with the Seahawks. I just thought that he was a different receiver, and. Maybe if he only played for one team, you know, I played for the Niners uh, like three years, yeah, Eagles a uh, few, yeah, few years, had playoff success, mm. a Super Bowl winning you know, team with the Niners. I don't know. Yes, Marv. Do you think the Hall of Fame is going to do, uh, do right by Devin Hester because they're going to say, we did Ray Guy dirty for 30 years? Because he was such a game changer, but they're like, ah, it's special teams, right? Do you think the special teams thing is going to hinder Devin Hester getting in? Well, I don't know if they want to do that from the standpoint of the NFL, they want to get rid of all of this. So now you're saying you're going to honor somebody who gave us all this excitement, but we don't want that in the game anymore. 
you know, Devin Hester is the reminder of what football used to be like when you could actually return a kick. Yes, Todd? What if you just have the Devin Hester return section in the souvenir shop at the Hall of Fame? <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I bought an extra large. I should have got a medium. And it's the Devin Hester return. All right. I'm going to give you a blue. <laughs> That's why that. you don't have to have the statue right, or right, Hall of Fame yeah. immortality. Yeah. <laughs> He's still the, getting acknowledged the, 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 the Hall immortality of is my favorite part of that. That you're in a museum and you got a statue. A football immortality <laughs> forever and ever. Did you play good enough to be in that? Yeah. Once you remind people it's for the immortality, then that, that's when it starts to resonate. Forever. Ages yes. and ages. Forever. It's the greatest weekend of the year, Dan. Yeah. Yes, Pauline. I have a theory on Devin Hester why he hasn't gone in yet. He's been up for it for, what, two or three years now? Mm-hmm. And you'd think he'd be first ballot because I think it's pretty clear he's the greatest return man or most successful return man of all time. Fair? And he's not in yet. Do you think it's because the voters look at him as like not a full football player that he didn't play seventy plays a game? He played eight plays a game. So, you know, he, he did play DB and wide yeah, receiver. but place kickers gotten in. But I bet you, Ray Guy got in. Yeah, it took a long time because I think they look at them differently because they don't play seventy, eighty plays a game. And Devin Hester had thirty great plays in his career. Okay, so I, I think that's why a guy like him sits a year or two and doesn't go right in. Well, if you're going to say, well, he's not going to be first battle Hall of Fame if he's been up for a couple of years. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why he hasn't been. Yeah, but he's not a first battle Hall of Famer. But he's he's a Hall of Famer, I think. I mean, first ballot, you've got to be, like, it's cut and dried. There is no doubt, and you're, you're in the one, not even one percentile. It's even less than that. Yes, Mark? David Hester made the NFL 100 team. That is a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. I know. Oh, okay, but just not first ballot. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Like, like Eli Manning. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Eli's Hall of Famer. <laughs> he, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's going to get in. He's going to get in, absolutely. When we, when we do this next year oh, or I whenever know. he's... Hey, Eli Manning, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get in. I mean, guys are going to get in. It doesn't mean I agree with it, right. but it's just certain guys are going to get in. You go, okay. He's going to get in like Joe Namath got in. Yes, Joe Namath would not get in. Nowadays, right? He wouldn't. But then, the Bart Starr probably wouldn't get in. Like they, you don't have the numbers. So I mean, you got to be fair to the generation there. That being a game manager, that was a compliment. Now it's not. You know, Alex Smith, game manager. You get replaced in San Francisco. Get replaced in Kansas City. Yes, Paul. When Eli Manning goes in the Hall of Fame, he has to buy David Tyree a ticket, pay for his hotel room. He gets to spend the whole weekend there in Canton because. He doesn't hold onto that ball. One is not getting you in. Yeah. One ring won't get you in. Yeah. Tyree should show up with a Giants helmet and a football attached to it <laughs> and just walk around all weekend long. Put his uniform on. He didn't play after that, right? I don't think he had another catch after that catch. I don't think he ever played again. Yes, Mark. But David Tyree, add Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, OCU Minura, Antonio Pierce. Basically, that whole Giants defense. He's got to buy a lot of people tickets. <laughs> Uh, Sean in Tampa's back. Hey, Sean. Hey, first time, long time. Um, 5'10", 2'10". All right. Um, dead dad club member since 2010. <laughs> Just wanted to talk about Mike Evans here a little bit. Yesterday on the show, uh, you were saying you don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Just got some stats for you. He's the only player in NFL history to start his first eight seasons with at least 1,000 receiving yards. He's now about to have 10 straight seasons this year. Um, he's on pace to get another 1,000-yard season. Uh, he has 90 touchdowns already. Again, he's only 30 years old. He's only one of six players 
in his first nine seasons to get 10,000 receiving yards and 75 touchdowns. The others, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Marvin Harrison, Randy Moss, and Larry Fitzgerald, all of which are going to be Hall of Famers or are Hall of Famers. Um, he just, he's just a Super Bowl champion, so I, I disagree, and I think he is a... Uh, well, I later you know, said I'd have to look at the numbers, Sean. Okay. And then we looked at it, and I go, oh, well. You know, he has numbers. You don't realize he has numbers because he hasn't played in meaningful games. He played, you know, when Tom was there, he got to play in meaningful games. But when you look at his numbers, those are Hall of Fame numbers. But if you said to me, right, you know, without looking at it, and that's where you get in trouble with this when you go, uh, this guy Hall of Fame, and then I go, well, let me see the numbers. Uh, you know, Mike Evans' career has cooled off a little bit, but those are really impressive numbers, consistent numbers. But as far as a Hall of Famer, got to look at when you played and who'd you play with. Did you have postseason success? Were you an all-pro? Were you just a pro bowl? You know, so there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think uh, Mike Evans with those numbers certainly sounds like, looks like a Hall of Famer. Yes, yeah, Oh, we've got the statue guy that we were just talking about. Uh-oh. Gross. We overlooked a massive one. Okay, let me take a break. After so the break. So this guy got a statue. Yes. Is he statue worthy? Uh, okay. Is he statue worthy? Oh. Oh. After the break. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's a tease. We're back after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last call for phone calls, what we learned, what's in store tomorrow. All of that coming up. All right, non-Hall of Fame player who has a statue at a stadium. How many do we have? Seton, you have one? I have, I have one that's a, a good one. Okay. Statue at a stadium. I'm going to say, hmm. Can you tell me what sport? Football. Football. Keeping it in football, Dan. All right. NFL. Yes, NFL. I have them as playing for, one man, one, two, three, four, at least five different teams, one of which more than once. A journeyman statue is what you're saying. Yes. All right. And when you said, is this person statue worthy, someone in this room said, statue, are they starter worthy? Wow. Quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league. <laughs> That's become my new pet peeve, by the way. I don't, at this point, I don't need an analyst to tell me, well, you know, I mean, this is a quarterback-driven league, so you you got to have yourself a franchise quarterback. Yeah, no crap. Yeah. Well, they're they're channeling Jimmy Lipper here. Yeah, fair. Yeah. That is very Jimmy Lipper. Yes. All right. Marvin, you want to take a guess? Quarterback, five different teams. Statue worthy. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That is, you are such a good actor. Wow. Dude, what are you, you doing? Are, he is such a good actor. Nick Foles? Yeah. No! Oh! Marvin, how did you get it? That's crazy. How That's did you crazy. Know? Wait, did you find out? When, when Seton found out, did you find out? No, but it was easy to... Okay. Marvin I'm, found I'm, out when I said it out loud in the studio, and then he, he said, <laughs> statue worthy. Is he starter worthy? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. This is really a Marvin yeah. statement. All right. Yeah, Paulie. The Nick Foles statue has <laughs> head coach Doug Peterson in it as well. So now you have a quarterback who's in no danger of going to the Hall of Fame and a coach that was let go by the team a couple mm, years later. Okay. It's the Philly special sideline play oh, call. Okay. That's the statue. It's that is the most Philadelphia statue <laughs> of all time. Hey, thanks. This was so great what you guys did. We're going to make a statue for you. Now get the hell out. Okay. Is there any other non-Hall of Fame statue? i, I got to give it to you, but I just want to say, the statue, Doug Peterson has a, a visor and the headset on his head. It's very realistic, and he's got the like the play chart in front of him. <laughs> All right, this guy was a great uh, player for a franchise that we've talked about today. Passed away a little early, and so he's one of their early favorites. Pat Tillman. He has one. That's a good guess, and you got that one. There's one more. Southern team. Yes, more. Sam Mills. Sam Mills, a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. Very popular player. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be Darrell Revis. Any other... Well, he's alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can show some compassion there, Mark. Yes, Todd. 
That's reason enough to pick Darrell Rivas in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, even if, he's a, out, even if he's a bad defensive back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other statues for non-Hall of Famers here? Yes, Paul. Whose career would you uh, rather have? Nick Foles or... Dan Marino. Philip Rivers. <laughs> How about Philip Rivers? I would rather have Nick Foles' career. Yeah, or Philip Rivers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to take Nick Foles. Journeyman with a ring that you're responsible for over and, Tom Brady. Yes. yes, and the first one for Philadelphia, and you beat Tom Brady. Nick Foles has made a healthy living. Yeah, he has. He's done well. Done well. Uh, let me see. Uh, Mike in Arizona. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? Hey, what up, DP? Hey, yeah, you just built the, the Pat Tillman, uh, but Pat Tillman also has a um, has a statue outside Sun Devil Stadium as well. So he's got two statues. Um as a non-Hall of Fame player, but uh, both well-deserved. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Keith in Arizona. Hi, Keith. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Hey. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, I saw you guys out in Arizona. Loved visiting with you. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Ricky Waters a lot, and, um, and he was great with the Niners and did some good stuff, but I don't know why you don't talk more about Roger Craig, because Roger Craig did what Ricky Waters did way before Ricky did, 10 years before him. Caught the ball out of the backfield, won championships. Um, Roger Craig was great. Does he have 10,000 yards? Um, you know, I'd have to look at the numbers here. Yes, Paulie. Roger Craig was an all-purpose running back. He had 8,200 yards rushing. He had 566 receptions. He was almost too good as a receiver, which took away from his running yardage. Yeah. But all-purpose yardage, he's, he was always awesome. I'm far more lenient with players going into the Hall of Fame. I am. Maybe to a fault. But I love celebrating. What happens at the Hall of Fame, it turns into critiques and criticisms. Or you want to promote somebody while you denigrate somebody. And I just don't think the end game is, you know, I don't think that's what you want when you're talking about the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jimmy in Indiana. Hi, Jimmy. Hello, Dan. Uh, I'm your, I listen to you all the time. Agree with you 98% of the time, but on the Hall of Fame thing, I'm going to disagree. Right. And I want to, use, I want to use this analogy for you. You're going to present a trophy to the winner of the NCAA basketball tournament. But there's two trophies up there. If they win between 1 and 10 points, the winner, you give them the one on the left. If they win by 10 points or more, you give them the one on the right. No. You know, if you win the NCAA tournament, that's a heck of a task. You get the trophy no matter what. The Hall of Fame is like the Ritz-Carlton. If you're in the Ritz-Carlton, it doesn't make any difference what floor you're on. Are you turning yet? You got your blinker on there, Jimmy. No, that, that was my, uh, yeah, I'm not, now I took off the uh, turn signal. Okay, all right, well, thank you, Jimmy. I mean, it wasn't a left turn, a sharp left turn, but he, it might have been a sharp left turn there. I, uh, I think what he's saying is that we shouldn't give out designation, special designation for a first battle Hall of Famer. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. And it gets people talking. Hey, that guy's a first battle Hall of Famer. This day in sports history, Paul. I'll just give you one. 1890 Navy beat Army 24-0 in the first Army-Navy football game. The game was played at West Point, New York. Over-under was 23. Yep. Mm, yeah. Big cover. Uh, let's see. Oh, the video game Pong was released on this day, 1972. And I still haven't played the game. I guess he there is a conference title game happening this weekend mm -hmm. in which 
Vegas does not believe one of the teams can score a touchdown. Yes. Iowa. <laughs> and? That's crazy. <laughs> the over-under for them is one point total. They, the, Vegas is just like looking at this, and they're like, we don't believe that this team will score a seven points. When it comes to celebrating, nothing compares to Vegas. It's a spectacle where celebrations are woven into the very fabric of their community. That's where the uh, Pac-12 title game will be. This isn't just celebrating. It's celebrating with an edge. Vegas, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all-around support. Talk to you tomorrow. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.